Welcome to another episode of the Low Expectations Podcast. I'm your host, Ty. Coming to you here Tuesday afternoon, post-week four in the NFL. Already a month down somehow. We're going to get into a little tales from the couch, from what we saw from week four riding solo here. And then we're going to dive into the Yankees game one win and the NBA Finals sitting at 2-1 to one after an incredible performance by Jimmy Butler on Sunday night. So, bunch to dive into um, on today's show. Let's start with the NFL. Week four in the books, another very high-scoring week. Um, and, yeah, so got some got a handful of games we're going to jump into. going to start with Vikings-Texans now. You might be thinking, why would we start with a game that now features a team teams that are combined one and seven on the season. Um, well, the reason for that is because Bill O'Brien was fired yesterday. So we're going to just talk about a little bit about this game and then the Bill O'Brien era in Houston and just pretty much how badly he has hurt them and where they go from here. So, yeah. Uh, so this game, um, you kind of knew his job was on the line if they lost. Houston was one of our picks. They just come out and completely no-show the first half. Um, Deshaun, a guy I love, I'm not all of a sudden out on Deshaun Watson, but it's not like he's been that good this season. Uh, He's been average to me. Um, I thought he was going to have a huge day against this secondary. He had a big second half, but very little in the first half. Um, Minnesota jumps out to a 17-3 lead, and that's the type of game Minnesota can win because then they can hand it off to Dalvin. Dalvin touches it 27 times. They don't have to um, sit back and throw the ball because that's not their style. That's not how they want to play, and they just can't win from coming from behind. That They're not built that way. But if you give them a lead, they can get the ball to Dalvin, uh, play ball control, control the clock, whole thing, and that's what they did. Um, and it still got interesting. Um Justin Jefferson from Minnesota, just got to mention him quickly. He's really, really good. (laughs) Um, It's not surprising. He's Devontae Adams' clone. Uh, I said that draft night on the podcast that uh, actually can no longer be found. But, um, (laughs) yeah, I said it on draft night. This guy's Devontae Adams' clone. He's just his shiftiness and his quick feet in the short to intermediate is, is very very special and advanced for his for his for being a rookie um and he uh he again goes over 100 yards um for 103 so he's in back-to-back weeks he's gone over 100 yards it's 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 tough to see him in the division they lose Diggs, who i'm i think a lot higher on than others and they replace him with this guy who um really look is looking like the best receiver in the draft so far so um, I'm not saying he, that's what he's going to end up being, but he looks great. Uh, Dillon, too. So they got those two guys, and they got uh, Dalvin. Minnesota still has pieces, but they're just, they're just not that good of a team because they even let Houston back into this game. And all of a sudden, Houston's driving to potentially tie the game down eight. It looks like Fuller makes an incredible catch in the end zone, and it ends up that he just bobbled it at the last second, and it wasn't good, and Minnesota wins. Um, so Houston moves to 0-4. Houston was a team that uh, before the year I thought maybe they kind of were being underrated. Um, 
just because, yes, the Hopkins trade, we'll get into it, uh, was atrocious on every level, but they still have Watson. They're always inexplicably in the playoffs with Bill O'Brien, um, you know, and then you look at the receivers. Yes, you lose a stud like Hop, but Brandon Cooks is solid. Randall Cobb is solid. Will Fuller is solid. Kenny Stills is solid. And it's like that's enough to at least piece together a good, a really, to really good passing offense with Deshaun Watson. And I just thought Deshaun was a top five guy. And now I don't know if I'd have Deshaun in the top five. His situation is hard. Bill O'Brien is an actively bad coach. Um, worst GM too, um, and his offensive line. I mean, Deshaun is constantly, every year of his career, Deshaun Watson has been the most sacked quarterback in the NFL. Now, that's a little bit of Deshaun, just how Deshaun plays with always trying to extend plays and hit the big play. Um, but also, they just have a terrible offensive line at the exact same time. So, um, it's it's, they've put him in a, a tough spot, but I, I, I've been a little disappointed with Deshaun this year. I, I still like him a lot, but now they're 0-4, and I, I, before the year, I was like, yeah, they have a really hard schedule to start, but this is when it would get easy. If they could win that Minnesota game, then maybe they could get on a run where they they go Jacksonville and then Tennessee, Green Bay, that's tough, bye, but then it's Jacksonville, um, and then their second half of the schedule's um, softer too, but uh, yeah, so it's like maybe they could make a run at eight to nine wins, and it turns out, you know, now they already have four losses. Just fired the coach. We'll see. Is this now we fired the coach and we're getting on to next season, or this is we just fired the coach because we think we're firing firing the coach early in the year because we think we can still make a run at it. Um, the schedule, yeah, it's so, it's softer, but this team also just lost to Minnesota, who's terrible. So. You know, there's only so much you can say about the schedule when you're going to go out and lose to the Vikings and be down 17 to three. I mean, just pathetic, like really a pathetic showing um, by the Texans. And if you're gonna you, if you're gonna go out with your season on the line at 0 and three at home and show up that way, your coach should not be the coach anymore, and that's why he's not. Um, and maybe even a bigger reason of why he's not um, the head coach anymore is because what he did. To this team, um, front office wise, this guy, <laughs> the Texans first. We'll start it off this way: the Texans' first draft pick in the twenty twenty NFL twenty twenty one NFL draft is in the third round, pick sixty five. They currently hold the second pick in the NFL draft right now, but that pick goes to Miami in a trade that they traded. For Laramie Tunsil. Um, the Tunsil trade and the Stills trade, it was all in the same day, the week before the season last year, um, where they pull off these big deals because they're in win now mode and they make and they and they leverage all their future with these picks to Miami. I mean, let's go over the trades. Let's go over the, this trade. This is kind of the beginning of the end of him just setting all their future assets on fire. Um, and it was... It, so, yeah, the Texans got Tunsil and Stills and a fourth. And, in, and they sent back two firsts, two seconds, and a, two corners and a tackle. 
it's a complete and total swindle by Miami. Tunsil's a good player. Stills is a good player. You know, whatever. They're not worth two firsts, two seconds. Um, so, so look, I mean, you trade two firsts for Laramie Tunsil, and then you get into this year where you trade, you know, him or Deshaun, arguably, uh, the best player on your team in DeAndre Hopkins to Arizona in one of the worst trades in NFL recent memory, I think, now. Um, they get a second back. Um, which is about to be is funny because they traded two firsts for Laramie Tunsil, and then they got w- w- one and two seconds, and they got one second back and David Johnson's terrible contract for arguably the best receiver in the league. It's 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 borderline malpractice. I I you look at these trade details, and then the same day. This guy has the audacity to trade a first for Braden Cooks. The same day, he, he got back a second for DeAndre Hopkins. Now, like I said, Braden Cooks, solid player. You know, really solid player. Good deep threat, a um, lot of speed. Solid player, solid NFL player. Not in DeAndre Hopkins' neighborhood um, as far as his level of play. So... I mean, it's insane. I mean, what do you even say? If you're a Texans fan, you got to just hate this guy so, so much. Like, the level of bitterness I hold in towards Mike McCarthy, um, I bet Texans fans times it a million to Bill O'Brien because this guy not only wasted years with your quarterback, which who looks to be a franchise guy, um, but he also set every future asset you have on fire. The Dolphins hold all your picks for the next couple years, most of them, and you don't have a pick this draft till the third round, and you might be one of the worst teams in the league. You're 0-4. You are six-and-a-half-point home favorites against Jacksonville this week, so they expect you to start getting back on track at Tennessee, first Green Bay, who knows with Tennessee, uh, with their situation, everything. But, um, and I have a rant about that. We'll get to that. But yeah, I mean, Houston's just screwed, man. It, they're, it, it, they're just completely and totally screwed. Now, they have Deshaun Watson. They don't have like a bad roster, they have a decent win now roster, you'd think. Guys like J.J. Watt. Uh, the receiving core I mentioned, Deshaun, of course, David Johnson, as bad as he is, um, he's something, uh, you know, Carlos Hyde. You know, it's it's not a terrible, I mean, the defense really doesn't have a lot, especially in the secondary. Um, Watt's not what he used to be, but it's not like one of the worst rosters you've ever seen. You'd think they'd be able to win some games, so, um, but... For the future, it's really bleak. They're going to need to bring in a really good head coach and start winning now. Um, and I, I, I'm not sure why Deshaun jumped in to that extension. So yeah, that's it on the O'Brien stuff. Going to take a break and be right back. All right, coming back here. Uh, Browns, Cowboys, the next game we're going to dive into. Dallas, a team I was really high on before the year as just in terms of a playoff team and um, being a, a contender, a true contender in the NFC. I, 
I wanted to pull the trigger and pick them to go to the Super Bowl, but I couldn't because of their head coach, and I'm really glad I didn't now. Dallas sitting at one and three. Cleveland goes into Dallas, and um, I don't really know. I mean, they were up 41 to 14, and then it got really close, and then it, it was 38 to 41, and it felt like Dallas was going to win, so I don't want to say blew them out, but led most of the game. Uh, Baker, really, I mean, efficient day. 19 of 32 TDs, 165. Um, Dak with a monster, another monster performance. He's putting up more monster numbers again this year. Uh, look, Dallas doesn't deserve this guy. Like, just pay him already. Um, I get he has a lot of weapons, but clearly he's very good with them. Just pay him. He's playing like, like a top five quarterback in the league again. So just pay him his money that he deserves. Um and but they lose. Dallas loses forty nine to thirty eight. McCarthy, man, this is just classic McCarthy. His teams come out flat all the time. Um, he is way too conservative early in the game, and then he has to open it up later. And it's it's just it's trying to make these comebacks at all times. I saw it. I guys, I I've just seen it, and he's doing it again. It's it's again. It's too it's it's too much Zeke early on. Um, I just just air it out enough of the short passing. I mean, keep doing it. I hate the Cowboys. So whatever. If you want to keep screwing your team and this the, all the talent and wasting it, fine by me. But <laughs> the quick passing game, the early runs, it's it's this is who he is. I I don't know why because he went I don't know why we expected Mike McCarthy to change. He never did in Green Bay over a decade there. He never changed or adjusted once. Why was he going to change who he was as a coach? He thought Rodgers was in the wrong um, most of the time. Like, he's, 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 he's clueless. Like, Dallas completely is just draining this really talented roster with this guy as a coach. If they would have went out and hired, I don't even know if he would have left Oklahoma, but Lincoln Riley is always the name, or Urban Meyer, a big guy, a big name like that. I, even a guy that you could talk yourself into as being a really good, innovative coach, um, Dallas would be really scary, but that's not who they have. And I don't know why, because he went on uh, the Sunday Night Football show last year and did all these um, this press tour to get him hired again, why he got a job again. It was clear that Green Bay was making the right move by moving on from him in 2018. Um, Green Bay is now 18-4 and four since they fired Mike McCarthy. Uh, Dallas is 1-3. and three. Uh, since hiring Mike McCarthy, look, you hired you hired Jason Garrett's clone. What did you expect? Nothing is going to change. Um, they should fire Mike McCarthy. That's my hot take. Mike McCarthy's not an NFL caliber coach. I know I'm a little I'm a little stronger on this than others, but I lived it for ten for for over a decade. I lived it with him wasting loaded roster after loaded roster with his 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 style of coaching. It's it is what it is. I mean, I'm glad Dallas hired him because. I don't like Dallas, but they're wasting a very good roster with this guy as the head coach. Uh, Cleveland, 3-1. and one. Um, They got blown out week one, and it was LOL Browns. Here we go again. Um, and I, I, I came on and did it. I was like, look, this team cannot be taken seriously. Well, I'm not sitting here saying they're a contender, but I think this might be a playoff team. I mean, they're 3-1. and one. Uh, Big game this week against the Colts in Cleveland. But they get crushed by Baltimore. Baltimore's just going to crush you unless you're the Chiefs. I think that's what we know. No one else knows how to stop them. 
Uh, I, I, I well, may, well, let's see how they do against Pittsburgh with a, a healthy Pittsburgh team because Pittsburgh's defense and all that. But uh, yeah, Baltimore against teams that aren't KC, <laughs> it, it, it's it's you know so they they get they they get killed by them. But then they beat the Bengals, who are always in close games every week since he's been in a competitive close game. Uh, and then they beat Washington, and then they go into Dallas and win. So the schedule got softer, uh, but they went and took care of business. And you look at this Browns team, Kevin Skavansky is a good coach. You look at how Minnesota's offense is looking without him this year, this guy is a, 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 a much, uh, an up, a massive upgrade over, uh, over Hugh Jackson, who they had a couple years ago, and uh, Freddie Kitchens last year. Um, so... This is the best coach they've had since this Browns rebuild under Sashi and, and everything, and then uh, taken over by um, sorry, uh, taken over by Andrew Barry and, and just John Dorsey and, and this, this new culture they have. I think this is this is I'm starting to buy in on the Browns a little more as potentially maybe a wildcard team because. Now this is going to be a, a, a good back-to-back test for them. They're home for for Indy, and then they're at Pittsburgh. So two solid teams, two teams that are combined six and one on the season. Um, so we'll see. We'll know a lot more about Cleveland after the first two weeks. But after a disappointing week one, got to be happy with what you're seeing from the Browns three and one. Um, other games. Let's talk Tampa Chargers. Herbert, really impressive again. I, look, I, I'm in on Herbert. I was not pre-draft. I was like, this guy, you know, I don't know. I just, I, I don't know. I just thought this is the classic, this is the classic toolsy guy, never really produced much in college. Uh, that's just being hyped up purely off his skill set. Um, he's raw. And it turns out that's not the case. Like this guy's ready to play in the NFL right now. Um, and it's, it's clear as day. Um, the arm strength is, is there. I mean, this guy has some zip on his passes. He can make almost every throw on the field. You watch Burrow, it says a lot different. Um, uh, uh, <laughs> um, no, I like Burrow, but Herbert's been really impressive, and the arm strength is what's really getting me. He's, he's got some zip uh, on, on the passes, and you look at him in this game, and he's, 20 to 25, three touchdowns, and that's what he's and, and that's what he's been, and then the one bad pick. But he's a young, um, you would hope he would work that out. Uh, and that wasn't until the end. He got in the Phillip Rivers purgatory <laughs> chargers down, driving at the end, interception, which seems to happen every year for the Chargers. Every game, not every year, every game. Um Chargers were really banged up. Uh Tamp they were up in that game and um they blow it um the bucks brady he throws the pick six but then he was really good i mean you got to give credit where credit is due in the washed meter between him and breeze breeze uh definitely in the lead right now in, in that race but uh yeah brady five tds uh evans um like they got good they got a lot of weapons and it, and if this is the offense they're going to be with that type of defense who that was kind of the defense's first bad game of the season um they've been pretty solid up until that point um <clears throat> which is just why it was even more impressive impressive from Herbert but if you're going to get clo- you're not going to get five touchdowns every week but if you're going to get this close to level of play from Brady where he's 
solid where he didn't look good week one, uh, didn't look good week two really either, but the last two weeks he's looked pretty good. Um, so maybe they're starting to find a rhythm three and one, and now they go to Chicago on a Thursday night where they're actually five and a half point favorites. So Tampa could be four and one going into home for Green Bay. What a game. Um, so yeah, um, Tampa might be a little better than I thought. Saints might be, Saints are a little worse than I thought. So that NFC South race a little more open than, than we thought. So. Um, Rogers quickly, um, and then we'll move on, but four more TDs, 13 touchdowns, zero picks on the year. So just some quick green Bay numbers for you. Um, <laughs> had him pulled up one second. Okay, the Packers are the first team in NFL history to begin a season with four straight games of at least 30 points and zero turnovers. Green Bay is the only team to rank in the top five in passing yards per game and rushing yards per game so far this season. That's from Phil Yates. Uh, Jair Alexander was the highest-graded defender by PFF in the win over Atlanta, uh, and Jair has been the highest-graded corner this season. Um, so those are some just quick Green Bay numbers there on a roll going into the bye week. So, um, yeah, I mean, Rodgers is just playing some of the best ball of his career, which is crazy to think about. Um, going to talk about them a lot all year. So, yeah, they're very good. Um, COVID, I think we got to talk about that. Unfortunately, uh, there seems to be, an, there is an outbreak in Tennessee. Um, it's, uh, Cam Newton obviously tested positive. Their game got moved back a day. Um, no other outbreaks throughout the league. Uh, Saturday was very bleak when the outbreak through Houston, I mean through uh, Tennessee, was spreading, and then their game against Pittsburgh got canceled, and then Cam tested positive, and their game was on the brink of getting canceled, and then a Saints player tested positive, um, and their game was on the brink of getting canceled. Woke up Sunday, Saints player was a false positive. So their game was on. Chiefs, Patriots moved to yesterday, of course. No cam. He is showing no sign, no more symptoms as of today. Um, we'll see his status. Uh, I don't. I'm, not, I'm really not sure the protocol and all this. Is he out another week? Um, is he not? I, I look. I don't know. Like I'm not coming on here ever to act like an expert about this virus or tell anyone how to feel. I'm just. This is my point of this rant. Um, is I see, and I'm not meaning to call anybody out, but Dan Wetzel, I just saw, he posted, the NFL season is on the brink today after they just played a week of games and there's no outbreak in the Patriots. There's no uh, one, the Vikings who played Tennessee just played. Um, so still, we're, it's not terrible news. It was kind of after Saturday, kind of the best outcome for the NFL. Um, and then this guy writes, the NFL season's on the brink. Look, maybe like in your mind that might make sense like yeah if there's a bunch of outbreaks the team makes sense cancel the season if one team has an outbreak it's not like they can play double headers how will they ever make up those games is this going to be a fair and feel like a legitimate season all those questions i get it those are all fair questions to ask but my point is going to be the nfl does not care 
They will play these games on Tuesday. They will play these games on Monday. They will play these games on Wednesday. They will play these games on Mars. It does not matter. It, it, they'll play them as... <laughs> they're going to get these games on. There's no bigger next man up business than the NFL. It doesn't matter who's out. Look, Cam was just out. Guess what? I guarantee 20 million people watched Pat's Chiefs last night. It doesn't matter. If football's on, we watch it. Bottom line. Bottom line. Um, and they're just going to keep getting those games out. If teams have an outbreak, teams have an outbreak. They'll get practice squads players on there before they cancel the season. There is no way they're going to lose these games, miss these games, miss this season. At, bet, at worst, it gets delayed a month at worst. They'll finish the season in March if they have to. They don't care. I can promise you they don't care. Um, we know this. They, they just want to, they want the, they want the money. They want the games. They know we'll watch. It's that simple. The season's not getting canceled. Stop saying that. Please. There's no way. There's literally no way. It, 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 could it get delayed? Potentially. If there's an outbreak between a couple teams, Whatever, I don't know. But canceled? No way. The season is not on the brink. Um, see if there's any other games. Not really. This was kind of a meh week. It wouldn't have been a bad week to miss, um, you know, throughout the season. Uh, this was kind of a, yeah, just a meh week. I just disappointed in the Cardinals. Another disappointed in my picks again. We're struggling, but... Yankees win game one of, we'll move on to the baseball now, um, but we'll bounce back on the picks, just trying to move past that as quickly as possible. But Yankees win game one. Uh, look, this offense, they're going up against two of the best pitching staffs in the league in Cleveland and now Tampa, and they're just casually putting up 10 runs a night. Like, you're not going to hold this offense down. Um Especially now that it's they got they got really good contact hitters like Geo and DJ and the big the big hitters like you're just not gonna hold this offense down. It's stacked um, top to bottom. Cole wins last night. You know Cole. I thought Cole was pretty good last night. I mean he he really just made two mistakes and and he he had some nasty pitches. He he had his stuff. I just think for some reason Choi owns him. And I, I don't understand it. Choi owns the Yankees. He had a three-home run game against the Yankees last year. Um, so this guy's going to be frustrating all series. But other than that, I thought Cole was really good. They intentionally rock, walked Choi uh, in, the, in, the, in the bottom of the fifth, and then Cole gets the strikeout. So Yanks up 1-0. Uh, game two tonight, Yankees are throwing Debbie so they, against Glass now. So two young, talented pitchers. Um, Look, I said I wouldn't have minded Debbie in a game three to some friends the, uh, against Cleveland the other day uh, to start just because give us a couple good innings. Cole saved the bullpen, um, a lot of the bullpen, and hey, if any first sign of trouble, get it to the pen that you've put all this, all these resources in and is this super pen. I know we've had the injuries with Canely, but still, um, give us a couple, Debbie, I think the, it's not like Glass now is going to hold the offense down. Um, and I, I see another high-scoring game here tonight, really. Uh, eight and a half, the over-under. I take the over. I just think I, I, maybe if the Yankees go into the bullpen early, it's not. But, yeah, I just I just I think this is going to be a high-scoring game. The Tampa's favored. Um, and then tomorrow is uh, Morton first. 
Tanaka. So as a Yankee fan, Tampa's favorite tonight. Um, so as a Yankee fan, it's 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 Tanaka who has in the playoffs has been incredible throughout his career. Um, he got shelled against Cleveland in Game Two. They still won, um, but he's been great throughout the playoff his career in the playoffs. He's not had a good year. Uh, there's been some rumors rumors of him potentially retiring after the year. We'll see, um, but I. I still trust him, but it's it's a, it's not as rock solid as it was just even a week ago. That's how fragile sports emotions are. Um, so yeah, game three would be Morton, who owns the Yankees. He he's a guy going even back to the Houston days that the Yankees just can't touch. Um, so that's not great. Um, so yeah, I mean it's it's still anybody's series best of five. You're gonna get Cole again, and you're up one zero. So you feel good if you can grab one of these games. So. Grab one of these next two if you're the Yanks, and then you're going to get Cole at either four or five, and, and we can close this out is what is the hope. So, uh, Astros up 1-0. If, it, if after all this, it's Yankees-Astros again. <laughs> oh, my goodness. Now, that would be some good theater, though. Um, so far, that's where we're headed. Um, Yankees-Astros again would be incredible. Wow. Um, all right, finals. So Lakers blow out game one. Lakers solid win game two. Miami fights because that's who they are. They're they're just they're just some dogs, man. They're gonna fight till the bitter end. Um, and but there's still a ten point Lakers win. Kind of what I expect tonight, by the way. And then Jimmy, <laughs> he just he shows why he's a top ten player. I came on here and said not that long ago that look, Jimmy's been like he's kind of been meh these playoffs but then it's like that's why he's jimmy butler that's why he's the culture setter and you need something your team's on the brink and that guy just goes out and has 40 11 and 13 plays 45 minutes and they beat and he's down his two probably his drogic and bam without both of them he's and they still win and just an all-time performance from jimmy the Lakers, the Lakers from the jump were not interested in trying in this game. Uh, this reminded me of what the Warriors used to do, where they would just, oh, we're just not showing up in a finals game. Okay. <laughs> like, the Warriors would do it more than anybody. Uh, but, like, the, the Lakers, they, they did a little bit of that in this one where, you know, Miami down their guys up 2-0. Only human nature to get a little complacent. Um, and that's what happened not going to sit here and tell you the Lakers are in trouble. I still think this is Lakers in five. Um, but if the Heat could win tonight, that could make it really interesting. Uh, Bam status for tonight. Pulling it up now. Given, yeah, he, he, I know he got up, upgraded to questionable last night. Um, and... That's it. He's questionable right now. So if he could play, the line's seven and a half right now. I think it was eight and a half or nine and a half over the weekend. So, you know, maybe Vegas is expecting Bam to tough it out and play. Even if he does, he's not going to be 100%, obviously. He was doubtful as uh, early as, as less than 24 hours ago. So, um, but a lot on the line tonight. Obviously, the Lakers could potentially put, get a real stranglehold on the series. Um, but look, Miami's going to fight, man. Spolstra, Jimmy, just, I look, 
it's a team full of underdogs. It, it really is. I mean, throughout, I mean, Duncan Robinson, I mean, Tyler Hero, like all these guys and, 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 Jim, and led by Jimmy. And Philadelphia, whew, I know they hired Doc, who, I mean, maybe he'll figure it out with Simmons and Embiid. I don't really think there's a coach that can figure it out with Simmons and Embiid. Uh, you just those two don't fit together. They literally just don't fit together. Um, maybe one year it all clicks with the talent for Philly, but uh, it's tough when your stars just don't don't fit together. So I know they got him now, but look, man, whew, letting this guy go, and then the next year he's in the NBA Finals. Really, without I mean, Bam has emerged in this into this incredible second star, and he's been the best player through for Miami in the playoffs. Um, but really just Jimmy to do this, to be the clear leader of the team and do this is is special. And the year after Philly lets him go and, and really, if you look at it, chose to sign Al Horford over him. Um, so not great for Philly. I still think the Lakers win by 8-10 to 10 tonight. Um, so yeah, that's going to do it, guys, for another episode of the Low Expectations Podcast. I've been your host, Ty. Peace.